Hi, everybody, and welcome to Copy This, the podcast about copyright. This show is brought to you by Recreate. My name is Kirby Ferguson, and in each episode, we're going to be discussing what copyright is, how it applies to you, and why it must be clear, simple, and balanced. This episode's guest is journalist and science fiction author Corey Doctorow. But before we get to Corey, let's talk about Star Wars. Now, it's well known that the original Star Wars film from 1977 cut and pasted characters, plot elements, and visuals from other films. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. In a nutshell, it was a mashup of science fiction, westerns, war films, and samurai films. The most recent installment in the series, The Force Awakens, was a remix of the remix, so it copied, transformed, and combined elements from the original Star Wars movie. And an upcoming new spin-off, Rogue One, again reuses these increasingly familiar bits. So it has TIE fighter attack missions, it has forest shootouts with stormtroopers, and again, it's got the f Death Star. You know what? I think that's plenty of Death Star. Star Wars is not exceptional in how it was conceived. All creators copy. Matter of fact, we all copy. We copy the lessons of our parents. We copy the English language. We copy the behaviors of our peers. We copy the information we were taught in school. Then we copied facts, ideas, opinions, mannerisms, fashion styles, phrases, and on and on and on and on. It's safe to say that we spend way more time copying than we do being original. So how do we ensure the creators can make a living and produce important works while still being able to build upon past works? The answer to that question, of course, is copyright, a limited term in which we get exclusive rights to produce copies of our creations. Copyright is and always has been an imperfect solution. There's always going to be blurry realms where the law doesn't work very well. And over time, as society changes, these flaws can grow larger and larger to the point where the law needs to be reformed in order to support the common good. To explore this idea further, let's bring in Cory Doctorow, the co-editor of Boing Boing and the author of In Real Life, Information Doesn't Want to Be Free, and Homeland, among many others. My name's Cory Doctorow. I'm a science fiction writer and an activist. I'm one of the owners of a website called Boing Boing, and I work for Electronic Frontier Foundation and contribute journalism, including investigative journalism, to a number of organs, including The Guardian. So, Cory, what is copyright? Why should I care? And what does it mean to me, the typical creator? Copyright, I think, historically, at its best, was the regulatory framework for the entertainment industry's supply chain. So like every big industry needs rules, right? Um, who's allowed to do what, when, and when there's a dispute, how do you adjudicate it? And like all regulations, copyright had a test to see whether you are part of it. The major test is whether you're making or handling copies of creative works. And historically, that was a really good test to figure out whether you were in the industry. If you were making or handling a copy of a book, you probably, at one point, had a printing press involved in the process. And if you're making or handling copies of movies, you had a film lab and records involved record presses. And of course, the internet, it makes copies automatically, invisibly, continuously, and without you having to be part of the entertainment industry. You know, everybody, whether or not they're in the entertainment industry's supply chain, makes hundreds of copies of creative works most days before breakfast. And that doesn't make them subject to the entertainment industry's rules, or at least it shouldn't. And copyright is ruptured because we decided that despite the fact that the thing that we use to check whether you're in the copyright industry or not doesn't make any sense anymore, um, we would continue applying it to everything that we did on the internet. And so copyrights become like the first line of regulation of things like 
romance. So when people have a dispute about their dating profiles, one of their go-to ways of dealing with it is to send a copyright takedown for the photos. Well, this is like meaningless and crazy. You know, we might argue about which are the good or the bad copyright rules, but I think the first discussion we should be having as we look at the future of copyright is who does copyright apply to? If we're gonna say that copyright applies to everyone who makes or handles a copy of a work, then we have to say that somehow we're gonna need a set of rules that is complex and technical enough that Warner and Universal can use them as the framework for licensing Harry Potter for the Universal theme parks. But at the same time, simple enough that a 12-year-old in her mom's basement in Universal City can abide by them in order to license Harry Potter for her Harry Potter fanfic. And if we make something complicated enough for them, it won't work for her. And if we make something that's simple enough for her, well, then it won't work for the rest of us. So until we solve that problem, all the other problems become a kind of academic issue. Could you talk about how you personally have benefited from copying not just other creators, but just copying from culture in general? Well, sure. You know, your manifesto statement, everything is a remix, is definitely something that shines strongly with me and, and my view. The first time I ever wrote any fiction, it was in 1977. I was six years old. And like most six-year-olds in 1977, I went to see Star Wars. I sat down when I got back and I started writing out the Star Wars story over and over again, like a kid practicing scales on the piano. I took eight and a half by 11 scrap paper. My parents were both teachers, so they'd bring home paper that had been written on on one side. And I folded it in half and stapled it down the middle and made a booklet. And I trimmed it to the size of a, of a six by nine paperback. And I wrote Star Wars out over and over and over again. You know, that was the first time, you know, I don't think there's such a thing as talent. I think talent is not noticing that you practiced. And that was the first time that I practiced without noticing and believed that I had talent and found it good. And it was really the thing that started me on this journey. You know, the next substantial thing I wrote, I was 12 years old and I wrote a Conan novel. You know, over and over again, the way I started was by writing in the styles of people whose work had had moved me. You know, when I was uh, 16, I did a writing workshop with a writer named Ann Crispin who said, you've got to stop writing like Harlan Ellison. It was good advice generically, like to be a writer, I would someday have to stop writing like Harlan Ellison. But it was bad advice for a 16 year old. The way I learned to be a writer that wasn't like Harlan Ellison was by learning how to be a writer that was. So if copying is such an important part of creativity, then why do we need copyright? How does copyright help artists? One of the things that copyright does is gives creators an exclusive right that would otherwise just be plunderable by the entertainment industry. And that requires them to get the author's initial permission at the beginning of their career or the musician or the filmmaker at the beginning of their career. And oftentimes that doesn't result in in much leverage. Uh, you know, the average novel advance is somewhere in the $67,000 range. It's been there since I broke into the field 20 years ago. You know, inflation has eked that away. So, you know, it doesn't really command much at the start of your career, except that it, it does establish the principle that creators in general should get something, sh should have the, the ability to veto the use of their work. But later on in your career, when you do have some leverage, it does give you the ability to cause the entertainment industry to bid against itself. So even with only five publishers, you can get into bidding wars, but they have to bid against each other to get your work. And at the start of your career, if you're promising enough, but say you're the, the author of Fifty Shades of Grey, who, whose first novel did attract a lot of commercial interest. If you're that person, the entertainment industry has to offer you a better deal than you think you can get for yourself 
by piecing together the functions of a record label or a publisher or a film studio on the internet. Even if you're not going indie, the existence of that independent sector represents the floor on the worst offer that an entertainment company can give you because if it's worse than that, you'll just go indie. You'll just do it yourself. If we have a copyright that is structured to the advantage of creators, right? And that is, to my mind, a copyright that gives creators leverage over the various other parts of the entertainment industry, then copyright can serve creators by enriching us. Corey, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Kirby. And that is a wrap for the first episode of Copy This. This podcast is produced by the Recreate Coalition. If you'd like to find out more about balanced copyright, visit us at recreatecoalition.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time.